0: If you haven't had a chance to go out and visit um, Stephen and Leanne at Bridge Ministries, I really encourage you to do so. It's been a blessing to our community. And then themselves are just a blessing to me and my family. and I know to many of you as well. Let me give you a preview of what's to hum, come for the rest of the year. So next Sunday we have traditionally called Testimony Sunday, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And that's what we're going to do uh, next Sunday. We're going to hear a powerful testimony of a family here at Grace Bible Church Just to to remind ourselves what our mission is as our church family, and that is to lead our city into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. And we're going to see that next Sunday. After that, December, we start our Christmas series. We've entitled Christmas Songs. And all through December, we're going to be showing or seeing through God's word how people in the gospels were preparing for the Messiah to arrive through song, through psalms. So you don't want to miss that. And today, today we conclude our series on Colossians. So let's dig right in. If you got your Bibles with you, go ahead and open them up to Colossians chapter 4. We're going to be covering verses 2 Through six today. We do have the verses on the screen behind me, but I always encourage you to open up your Bibles and see God's Word for yourself as well. Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. Now, just as a reminder, Paul is writing this letter while he is in jail in prison for sharing the gospel in Rome. And this is what Paul begins to say in these verses he says, Continue steadfastly in prayer. Being watchful in it with thanksgiving. He says, At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. That I may speak it clear, which is how I ought to speak. He says, Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Paul begins these verses saying, continue in prayer. You know, as I look back in my life, I learned how to pray at a very, very early age. I was raised Catholic and I went to a Catholic school all the way from kinder till I was a uh, senior Guadalupe San Agustin. Shout out to my homies. <laughs> but as a very, very young little guy, I was taught to pray. But here, here, here's how I was taught to pray. I was taught to memorize words. And as I look back, I don't remember what I was actually saying. I kind of remember and focus more on what I had to say. And I remember memorizing prayers like a little song. Oh my God, I'm heartily sorry. And every time I pray, I was taught that certain prayers, you had to pray for certain occasions. And so growing up, I I kept those memorized prayers. And when I got married, I prayed less and less and less. Of course, I prayed in Thanksgiving, right? And I prayed when certain situations would arrive. I remember praying every time we traveled, God protect us. I kind of remember once in a while praying certain things I can't find things, so I know there was a prayer there that I memorized as a child. I know for a fact that my prayers were not were not glorifying God. They were just babbling words. Before Christ, my life was different as well. I was a good person, and I knew God, right? raised Catholic, but I didn't know what it meant to have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And when we went to church, which was very rare, twice a year, Christmas and Easter, right, we'd go, but I remember telling my wife, "Mm, let's just go to a church that is quick, 30 minutes, because I want to check the box and go. I know that my attendance, that my worship was not glorifying God. I know that. Now after Christ, I can't tell you that my prayer life is perfect by no means. I need a long way to go. But I know it's better. I know that little by little my prayer is glorifying God more. I am not the man I want to be. And I'm sure not the man I used to be. And I try and I fail. But I try daily to glorify God Let me ask you, how is your prayer life? How often do you pray? Are you making it a priority? What do you pray? Why do you pray? Is your prayer ultimately glorifying God? Let me ask you something else. How is your life? How is your walk with Christ? If you proclaim to be a Christian, are you walking like a Christian? If people didn't know that you were a Christian, by just looking at how you acted, they'd say, oh, there's a Christian. I can identify There, that's a Christian for sure. Could they do that? Is your walk with Christ glorifying God? But, but then again, how do you know? I mean, we are created to glorify God, right? I think we all know that. And if you don't, we are. But how do you know that in your prayers you're truly glorifying God? And how do you know that in your walk with Christ you're truly glorifying God? What is the mark? I'm glad you asked. Because today... We're going to narrow down three specific things. These these are not just all the things we need to do in our prayer life and our walk with Christ to glorify God. But Paul is going to focus on three particular things that we need to do daily. And here's my sermon point that we're going to flesh out today. These three things we need to do that will show that we're glorifying God, not only in our prayer, but our walk with His Son Jesus Christ. And here they are I must speak to God. I must speak to God concerning others. And the third thing we're going to flesh out is I must speak to others concerning God. You want to know? You want to know how and if you're glorifying God? I must speak to God. I must speak to God concerning others. And I must speak to others concerning God. Let's go back and just flesh these out on the text we just read right now. And then just kind of just focus on why Paul is telling us that these are must in a daily daily life. First thing, I must speak to God. W- what do I mean by that? What is Paul going to tell us to do is we need to pray. Daily we need to be in communication with God. And here's what he says is go back with me to verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Continue in prayer. But he mentions three things on how we need to continue praying. He says these three things. First of all, he says, continue steadfastly in prayer. What is he saying? We need to be constant. We need to be active. Always praying. Not once in a while. Not once a year. Continually. He says the same thing in Romans 12, 12. He says this, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Pray without ceasing. Listen, church, listen. Prayer is not an option. It's not. It's a necessity. We need to speak to God daily. The second thing he says is be watchful. Be watchful in your prayers. Now, in Greek, it has this annotation of of stay awake, be alert, don't fall asleep. In Laredo, it it, kind of translates into this Ponte Trucha. Wake up. What is he saying? Don't fall asleep on your prayer. Always pray, because here's what happens, if we don't pray, if we don't speak to God on a daily basis, we're going to get further and further and further and further away. We're going to fall asleep spiritually. And when we do that, guess who's going to attack easier. Guess who's on the prowl. That's why Peter says this in 1 Peter, he says this, be sober minded. There's that word, be watchful why your adversary the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour one pastor put it this way my faith is affected when i'm disconnected daily we need to be awake make priority in speaking to god and make his word a priority in our lives so we don't fall asleep and then last he says this be thankful Be constant, be watchful, and be thankful. Paul mentions the same thing in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, in the highs and the lows. Give thanks. For this is the will of God, Christ Jesus for you. You know, I know a lot of us pray. I know it. But I'm willing to bet that most of us treat God like a compadre. Now, what do I mean by that? We call our compadre when we need something. Oye, compadre, écheme la mano, right? My my car's not working. I know you know somebody that knows somebody that can fix my car. Compadre, huh? Compadre, I need this, man. I'm a quinceanera. Will you pitch in? Right? In the same manner, only when we need something, we call our compadre God. God, you know, my health is bad. Will you help me? God, my finances are not where they're supposed to be. Will, Will you help me? Hear me. There's nothing wrong with that. God tells us to bring our petitions to Him. He's there and willing and wanting to help. The problem again is that we only come to Him when we need Him. I've got two boys, and you parents out there, how would you feel if your children only came to you when they needed something? That's not a relationship. And let me ask you this, when was the last time you prayed and just gave thanks to God? Thank you, God. Thank you that my finances are so messed up, but I know I'm going to learn something from here. Thank you, God, that I'm struggling through this situation. My circumstances are horrible, but I know that through these circumstances, I'm trusting you more and more and more. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's what we're called to do to speak to God continuously, continuously, always being watchful and always giving thanks. The second thing, I must speak to God concerning others. What do I mean by this? We need to pray for opportunities to share the gospel. Back to verse 3, at the same time, listen, pray also for us. Paul is asking for prayer that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. That I make it clear which is how I ought to speak. He says at the same time pray also for us. He's asking prayers from his church. In The same manner we need to do the same. He mentions, Paul does in Romans 15, 30, he says, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. But notice, and I love this, notice, again, remember, Paul is in prison and Paul is not praying to open up the prison doors. No, 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 he's saying open the doors of people's hearts. I need prayer, church. So that I, so that God can open the doors. So that others can hear the good news. He is praying, in my circumstances, let me glorify you, God. That's my prayer. Again. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. For the reason I am asking these prayers is that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Man, I remember when I first became a Christian, like most of us are, and I hope we haven't lost that fire. Because when you see a new believer, you say, man, he's on fire, she's on fire, right? And I remember... I kid you not that I pray, God, open the door for me. Whatever this is, this is that I'm feeling because I didn't understand yet. Brand new believer. But I want to share. I want to share with everyone. Church, if you pray that, God's going to open the doors like you wouldn't imagine. And so we need to do that. Pray for opportunities for us to boldly... Declare the good news of Jesus Christ. Read with me in Ephesians 6.18. Again, Paul prays for the same thing. He says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, and here's this word again. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, he says, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, to proclaim the good news. I say this time and time again because when I'm preparing for a message, I am convicted. And I ask myself, when is the last time I prayed for this? Did I lose that fire? When is the last time you prayed for God to do that, to open the door so that you can share the gospel? The last thing. Number three, I must speak to others concerning God. What am I saying here? Evangelize. Evangelize. Look with me at verse 5 again. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders. That word outsiders where Paul is saying those that don't believe, they're not Christians. Those that don't know what it means to put their trust in Jesus Christ. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders making the best use of the time. And he says, let your speech... Always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Church, when you pray and ask God to open the doors, he's going to open. But take that opportunity to share God's word. Be alert so that you can point others to Christ. So that you can evangelize. So that you can invite to church. We make it more difficult than what it is. I don't know what to say. I don't know. No. Just say, come and see. Come and see. As I mentioned, when I first became a believer, I prayed, God, 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 show me, show me. Open the doors. Where, where, who, who, who can I point to your son Jesus Christ. And I have been a spinning instructor for many, many, many years. But ever since trusting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, my spinning classes have changed at the end. After every class, I put on a Christian song. And after every class, I share the good news. I share a verse, not complicated. And you know what else I do? I invite. Come and see. As I look back, I'm so grateful that I've taken that opportunity because I see many of you here now. Because you took that chance and you came and see. Just like someone invited me and I'm thinking someone invited you. We are called to evangelize. To talk to others. But Paul also says, he says, talk. Talk to others but be careful. Be careful what you say and how you say it. 1 Peter 3.15 says the same thing. He says, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect. That's why Paul says, let your speech always be gracious. Seasoned with salt. Salt. Again, sharing my story because I failed here lots and lots of time. When I trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, the first person I wanted to evangelize was my wife. And I was telling her, look, look what I'm realizing. Look at the truth. Can't you see it? And she didn't. And I would smack her and smack her and smack her. I wasn't seasoning it with salt, God's word. I wasn't giving it flavor. No, no, no. I was pouring the whole salt bag on her. And she was like, wakalas. We do the same thing. It's seasoned. I respect that. You're not there yet. All we're called to do is season, to plant the seed. He does the rest. We don't do a single thing. But he also says in verse five, walk in wisdom towards outsiders. Be careful how you live. Church people on the outside are watching. They're watching. You know, most people look more than they listen. And you know what the sad part of it is? That Christians are known as hypocrites. And you know why that is, right? We talk the talk but we don't walk the walk people are looking and see you and i by our actions can either push people away from god or draw them closer to him that's why paul saying walk with wisdom watch out i love story after story that i hear from you guys my grace bible church family just recently i heard that a young Girl in middle school started coming to grace, and check this out. Her father noticed a change in her. And he was like, Whoa, I want some of that. Next year, as you're gonna see, or next week, as you're gonna see in our testimony, this one guy runs into this other guy, hasn't seen him in years. He doesn't say anything about church, he doesn't say anything about Christ, but he realizes, dude, that guy is different. What is it? I'm here today. Because I noticed a change in my sister-in-law. And I said, no one can change her but only God. (laughs) Don't say that. She will be here next next service. People are watching. And we need to be an example. We need to be an example so others can come. How are you living? Can people notice that you are a Christian? What are you posting on Facebook? We got to be careful, we got to walk in wisdom. Recap, how do we know, how do we know if we're glorifying God in our prayers? How do we know if we're glorifying God in our daily lives? Just ask yourself, are you speaking to God? Are you speaking to God concerning others? And are you speaking to others concerning God? Ask yourselves to get a clear answer. You know, one of my favorite chapters in the gospel, the gospel of John is John 17. Jesus is praying to his father. And I want to share with you some verses to see as always that Jesus perfects every single application, every single word in the Bible. I'm not going to share with you all the chapter, but I really, really encourage you to go and read the whole chapter for yourself. But I want us just to read a couple of verses. And I'm going to start off in John 17, verses 1 through 2. Now, give a little context. Jesus has just finished washing the feet of his apostles. Saying this is how you ought to lead. Jesus has just finished telling the apostles in this world you will have tribulation, take heart. I have overcome the world. And this is what he says. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority of all, over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given. Every single thing, every single step that Jesus did on this earth was to glorify the Father glorified the father to the cross and then he rose again on the third day and now Jesus is glorified and is seated at the right hand of the father and what he says here he says i have done this so that others who believe in me who believe in the work that i have done for them they will have eternal life church that's the good news that's the gospel He goes on in verse 20 through, I'm sorry, verse 14. He says this, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, every day Jesus spoke to others concerning his father. Every day. Verse 20 to 21. I do not ask for these only. Ah, this is my favorite verse. He's praying for you and for me. But also for those who will believe in me through through their word. That they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. Here Jesus is speaking to his father concerning us. And he's speaking saying, I want the church, my church, to be united in evangelizing. In sharing the word. Before he ascended into heaven, he gave us the great commission to do that. That's how we glorify God. Let me just quickly close with with a challenge. I love a challenge. A difficult challenge. So here's my challenge to all of us. As Grace family, Grace Bible Church family. Why don't we commit together, including me? Boy, do I need it. To strengthen our commitment to daily prayer. Why? What if we committed each day to make prayer a priority in the morning, in the afternoon, always in the car? Why don't we commit to that? I want to. Let's Let's commit that in our prayer, we're continually asking God, God, open doors. Open doors so that I can speak of your son Jesus Christ. And then invite others to come. Let's commit as a church family to watch out how we're living, what we're posting, how we're interacting. Because church, people are watching. Can we commit to that? And then lastly... Let's commit and when we see an opportunity, boom, we take it. And we share the good news. Just share it. When you open your eyes and you look for opportunities, you will see opportunities like there's no tomorrow. What would happen? I love what Bill Allison said last week and this is true. The gospel reached you and me on its way to someone else. Let's be a church that evangelizes. What would happen, church? What would happen? I'll tell you what would happen. We'd have a revival. We'd have people coming to Jesus more and more. Because as a church family, we'd be glorifying God in our prayer and in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we do give you thanks and praise for who you are. We thank You for Your Son, Jesus Christ, for what He has done and continues to do. And Father, I know You are a God of revival. And Father, You have purposed us to be Your hands and feet to accomplish that. And I know the Holy Spirit is the one that does all the work. And I know the Holy Spirit is going to move. Let us be the soldiers here. Let us be a family, a church family that's different and other people will see the difference in us. So they truly know without a doubt that we love you. We love your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray all these things in his name. Amen. I love you church. Have a blessed week. Thank you guys.